What is up, friends? Welcome back to the Debbie Dose. I'm your host, Eric, at EK Baller. With me, as always, we got Kyle at Kale Fantasy. How you doing, man? We're chilling. I mean, this is my favorite show of the year. Um, this is my favorite thing to research. These are these are the guys I love to draft and then typically drop at the end of the year. But, you know, we, we're not here to talk about that part. We're here to talk about the ones that actually work out. So um, hopefully we'll get some hits on the show and hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll succeed in my leagues because of it, hopefully. Well, your favorite show and of course we have on one of our favorite guests as we were just saying alf has this slot locked down in perpetuity because he is the man at the deeper cuts and recruiting alf how you doing man dude i am great uh glad to be here you know when i get the call um around this time of year it's always fun to come on and you know just be able to talk about all the work we put in for the whole recruiting cycle and for a lot of it, I feel like me and the guys at the official, that's our podcast, you know, get into it. But then now is the time of year where everyone else starts getting interested in it with us. So it's, it's always fun to come chat. Uh, and I'm glad, you know, to, to be able to share. And every time I watch, uh, watch or listen to the official, I'm just like, I need to like transcribe this. <laughs> I can like be like typing notes as I go. It's so information dense, which is phenomenal, but I usually come into it without, any prior knowledge of the guys you're talking about and i'm just like ah, i'm just trying to remember names here you yeah, know but sure. um it's a I lot have, it's a lot better oh go ahead i have a lot of stuff in my notes app from listening to the official <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, we try to throw out new names and i think sometimes we might throw out too many names uh but you know we, we want to keep it fresh we want to throw out new names and it at some point after the top as we're going to talk about today, I mean, it's a volume game. Like, you just gotta put your put your coins on somebody who hits. But it, it's a tough. This is a tough endeavor, and so like hit rate's going to always be low, but pay off big time. Great. Uh, if you guys are just dropping in and you didn't read the show notes, we are talking about three stars that you need to care about for your. CFF Dynasty drafts for your campus to Canton supplemental drafts. Three stars you care about. This is a positionless show. We kind of hit the previous positions, the big three in, over the past three weeks with phenomenal guests in each one of those sections. So if you missed those, please go back to the channel and take a look. If you like this kind of content, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Give us a like, give us a review, follow me, follow Kyle, and of course, file follow Alf, although you probably are already if you're into CFF type content. Uh, and Alf, what, what do you got to plug tonight? What are you, what are you working on right now? You yeah. So uh, we are putting the final touches on the freshman guide. Uh, so campus our website will, will put out a PDF guide. If you don't want to be a member, if you don't want to have the monthly subscription, if you don't want all the amazing tools that we have and all the data that we have and all the articles that we have, you don't want any of that. You can at least get yourself a little PDF, put it on your computer and actually cite it all year long, which I do, even though I put the thing together, I still have it as an icon on my computer all year long and go, Oh, you know, sometimes guys will just kind of come out of nowhere. I'm like, what did we say about him? I can't even remember. What did I, did I like him back in the day? So um, it's still helpful to see what the thoughts were, you know, before they hit a college campus. 
And the freshman guide is absolutely the best way to do that. Additionally, we're going to have about 150 names on there from true freshmen. And then about 30 of universally unrostered guys who are already in college, um, you know, to keep, a, to keep an eye on. So guys who probably were not drafted last year uh, based on percentages on fan tracks. These are guys unrostered that you need to keep an eye on. So that's a great piece. We've got that coming out March 1st. Other than that, just the website, campuscanda.com. Go check it out if you haven't already. Love it. And, uh, you know, we, we say every time we get one of you guys on, which is, of course, frequently, Kyle and I are both subscribers. And, it, like, I love the freshman guides. Even if, you're like, believe me or Kyle will do some work on this, too. Maybe not as year-round as you guys do. But it's still nice to have uh, just the format of having it organized. You can flip <laughs> through and be like, oh, what's – What's, was this guy athletic again? And, you know, it's all kind of right there. So, yeah, awesome tool for anyone that plays uh, this this variety of fancy football or just as a college football nerd in general, really. Yep. Um, so I guess before we get into specific players, which the top 10 from Alf, excited to get into it. We got Kyle's top five that aren't on there to talk through. Uh, Alf, give me like – What's your general thoughts on the class? Just, uh, you know, we've had uh, a couple of your your coworkers on already talk about it, but your personal take on the class and, uh, you know, like the top of certain positions, the depth of some other ones. Just give me, you know, your your, your two cents here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's a good class. I don't I definitely don't think it's bad. It's just the the biggest one that everyone's going to cite probably has already mentioned and will continue to mention is the lack of a really you know top end running back group um it's just a running back you know thin class and that's from the top the middle and the the three stars there's just nobody to get too excited about at least not yet um but there's some very high end qbs at least i would say two or three qbs at the top you can be pretty excited about eventual nfl future um, and some fun dual threats and stuff later down the list. Receiver, you've got a potentially generational guy at the very top. Uh, Jeremiah Smith, I'm sure you've talked about him before. If uh, anyone hasn't said it, I mean, he's like the first receiver to be the number one overall on 24-7. Maybe, no, not ever, but I think maybe since uh, Doriel Green Beckham, which has at least been 10, 15 years, they just do not put receivers that high. Um, and he looks the part. He is not Doyle Green Beckham. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, and then the, there's other good receivers. And then tight end, there's there's four or five at the top of this class who's who's very worthy of getting excited about. So really, it's a decent class, except for running back. Yeah, nice. So when we talk about getting into the deeper cuts here, three stars, low four stars, what specifically are you looking for? It's a loaded question, obviously, but you're looking for traits. Are you looking more for opportunity? Are you looking for systems that guys are going to exceed in? Uh, and then are there certain positions that you find have more value coming from the middle of the pack than from the top? Yeah, I would say that I like, uh, I, I am looking mostly for traits when you get down this low. Um, one or two that you can kind of hang your hat on and say, look, if the rest develops, he's got this one elite or near elite trait. And if he kind of develops the rest, he could really just leapfrog people. Um, less, honestly, less worried about the immediate opportunity in general in college now because of the transfer portal. So hmm. there may not be an opportunity right away, but if they show their stuff uh, in the first half of the season, they may nudge a guy out. The guy who was ahead of him in the depth chart, maybe he transfers. 
if you believe in the talent, whatever reason, coach won't put this guy on the field, whatever. Maybe the guy who you've been targeting, that's the guy that transfers and gets opportunity elsewhere. So it's very, very fluid. My take on this is bet on the traits and don't worry so much. Now, when opportunity, you know, just wise in and it and it all lines up even better. But I'm not that worried about opportunity in the short term because of the fluidity of these rosters. Um, but yeah, I would say mostly traits. And then in terms of positional, I've found that running back and tight end, at least for me personally, are areas that three stars can really turn a profit. Like Quinchon Judkins, Ashton Janty, um, Damian Martinez are all guys who have now gone well over a thousand yards in their first two seasons on campus. They were all three stars as prospects. And now Quinchon Judkins is like off a lot of people's number one in his you know future, I guess it would be the 2025 rookie class for the NFL. Some people are going to have Trevian Henderson there, but he's going to be neck and neck with Trevian Henderson as a lot of people's RB1. And he was a three-star. So, you know, those guys can like, like light, light year or, you know, light speed warp to the top pretty quickly. And then tight ends mentioned this before the show, six of the top 12 NFL dynasty type top tight ends right now were former three stars. And then there's another like three or four that were less than three stars. So the high end of the tight ends don't seem to necessarily pan out. So I think it's an area that you can really get a guy who has future potential uh, and not so worried about the star status for tight ends. Receivers and Kubis, a little bit of a different story. I, I would pay the premium for those guys. Yeah, love it. Um, Kyle, do you have any perspective to offer on this uh, outside of what Alf brought up? Yeah, I don't go quite as deep, and I'm a sucker for opportunity and systems. So um, I tend to filter through, filter by that, and then look for traits. Um, so, so my process is a little different. Um, I'm definitely not hitting quite as many players as Alfred um, when I do that that way. But I think it it tends to work, and I think a lot of like trying to find value depends on what you're looking for. Um, there are a lot of guys on this list who are going to you know, Mac schools or Mountain West schools. And I think they're going to have great college fantasy football careers. Um, maybe they won't do crap in the NFL. They may, they might not even get drafted. Um, but if you're looking for CFF guys, I think um, looking at opportunity, looking at systems where these guys succeed and looking at, you know, skill sets that fit these systems is a great way to find like late CFF drafter, CFF draft guys, late C2C draft guys, um, and guys that like will succeed on your roster for four years. And um, I mean, like guys like Rasheen Ali, I mean, like dudes that nobody's really looking at out of high school as like a Debbie option, probably still not a Debbie option, but a great CFF career. So, yeah, that's funny. Except and I, I have, I think I have less background knowledge than either one of you, but I focus a lot more on chasing buzz and then obviously comparing that to, you know, opportunity and talent too. Um, sorry, Alf, you had more feedback? Uh, no, I was just going to say that, except for the year Ali totally missed and kind of screwed me in one league. <laughs> right. but, yeah, it happens. It happens. What are you going to do? It happened to a lot of us that year, Alf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, cool. So I guess one more question before you lead in, uh, mostly an Alf question, but Kyle, feel free to chime in. Uh, where would you start looking for these guys in general, in your supplementals? Are you drafting them after you're like, your top 20s are there certain guys i mean are these like 10th through 15th round guys or are there anyone in here that you feel like you actually have to pursue early like jaunty a couple of years ago 
Uh, I can't think of anyone last year. Really, it was like that. Sheila's even was a four-star, right? But I guess take that how you will and run with it. Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you're talking uh, some different kind of drafts here, if you're talking a Devi draft, it'd have to be insanely deep. I don't think any of these right. guys are going to be a Debbie pick. If you're talking C2C, where these supplementals even go 20 rounds or more, I think 10 times 12 is 120 players. I think double-digit rounds is probably about right. Some guys, I mean, there may be, out of the 10 I'm going to mention tonight, two or three that I reach on a touch. For the most part, you're talking about pretty late-round dart throws for any of these three-star guys. Um especially when you start getting like G5 three stars, like mm. I might like them, but you got to realize this is a long road to hoe with uh, a, a G5 guy. So um, certainly can be valuable, but I wouldn't stick your neck out too much. I, I would definitely like, once you start getting rid of most of the players that you recognize or care about, then start taking stabs here. Yeah. Love it. Great rule. I think, yeah, um, you got I think looking at this, there are, Four guys we're going to talk about that are in my positional top 20s and one yeah. guy who's a positional top 10 for me. Um, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, there are guys who I would consider like semi-premium in this group. Um, and I think um, – I don't think I'm going to get the uh, the joys of like them slipping down to where I would be super happy to get them because I think uh, – Everybody's pretty locked in on these couple of guys that I that we both like uh, pretty well. So, yeah, great. Well, if you're listening on on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, make sure you check out the YouTube. We got some film we're gonna play for you. We've got some really nice player cards with data, some stats that might be relevant to soak in. And with that, let's let's roll, guys. Alf, you're in the driver's seat. Where where do you want to go first? All right. I mean, I love Aiden Glover. This is a guy that I would say I like to give credit to the guy I first heard it from because when you're mining these guys so deep, it's it's just kind of uh, a courtesy. I think David at Solving Football from our group kind of first one to bring Aiden Glover to any of our attention. Uh, very fun prospect. You can see here on the graphic uh, some of his um, stats there. Um, what I will say, a couple other things that we look for is max miles per hour. He's uh, for in terms of ball velocity, and he's got 52, which is pretty good. You want to be over 50 from what we've kind of gathered uh, over the last few years. So that's kind of that minimum threshold of an arm that you can, you know, he can make the throws, if you will. Uh, so he's at 52. That's good. He's a scrambler. You like that. Completion percentage, as you can see on the screen there, 57. Leaves a little to be desired. I do think he's a bit of a gunslinger. I do think he's a bit of a... You know, he's an aggressive dude. He's going to make throws where you're like, why did you even attempt that? Uh, with hit or miss at, at this point in his career, you can see 369 rushing yards. He's going to get some stuff done on the ground. He does have a nice uh, athleticism score. He's just very fun. And for a long time, he was, uh, I think, looking at some G5 schools. Missouri came in kind of last minute, scooped him up. That program is on the rise. I know I said I don't care about landing spot that much, but when it when it lines up, you're happy about it. And Missouri's a pretty fun little offense right now. So he won't start year one. They've got a really nice quarterback coming back. Um, Brady Cook, I believe, is his name. But, um, you know, good program, 
good talent, fun kid, three-star. You're not going to have to pay a lot to get him on your team. And he's a fun guy to kind of watch. Love it. Going to roll a little bit of highlights for a minute here. Kyle, I believe you also like Glover quite a bit. No. <laughs> Unfortunately Fair enough. Um, I think this is like the one guy on Alfred's list that I was kind of like scratching my head over. Um, there are some traits here, but I i mean, he played in Tennessee. I, I'm from Tennessee. I know it's not that great of football. Um, Collierville kind of especially not in the like Nashville, Memphis, Knoxville region, which is like actually those three regions are pretty decent, but Collierville's kind of, I believe, in the middle of nowhere. Well, actually, no, he's playing Nashville competition right there. Um, but I mean, just like unimpressive statistically, um, not super impressed on film. I, I, I don't like the gunslinger ishness, the <laughs> just too much head scratching for me to, to really be super excited about him, but I, I do see the traits. I do think he could develop into something pretty interesting. Yeah. I will definitely second the fact that I don't know if I have his, um, uh, strength of schedule, but yes, Tennessee high school football, not, not great. Not great. So, um, additionally, another thing to mention, he's very young for his class. He's going to be 17 years old, about 17 and three quarters mm. on, on national signing day. So, um, we look at that, especially at quarterback and wide receiver. That's a nice little bonus points for us. Uh, if you're really young and that could explain a little bit of the rawness. And so, you know, it just kind of means they probably have a little more room to grow. Um, but they're doing this at, you know, under, under 18 years of age on national signing day is great. Yeah. And the highlights are certainly nice. Some nice stuff on the run, some nice ball placement, seems some chemistry with his, receivers but that's you know that's why highlight reels are highlight reels so right yeah for sure uh, all right guys let's keep it rolling oh yeah caleb osborne uh de definitely a, another fun one and this is a guy going to the mac so you love to see that uh kind of gonna be the heir apparent to daquan finn who just finished up two uh about two and a half seasons of really nice college football production and man now i'm i can't even remember where he's going to play next year but he he leveled up to a, a baylor power, baylor that's right so he, he leveled up to yeah. a power four conference for his final season and that that toledo i mean this guy could see time next year i would not be shocked at all their quarterback room is nothing the guy who's technically the incumbent is under 50 percent completion his entire college career um and Osborne is a late conversion to quarterback. And you can tell in his junior tape and his senior tape a pretty big difference in throwing motion and just like general consistency. So even between those years, he's, he kind of did some things that you want to see in terms of growth as a passer. Uh, and he had some just uh, insane statistics as a, um, as a senior this is just his senior year, right? So he had 1,800 yards as a senior, 25. Yes. That's on the ground. 1,800 yards on the ground, 25 rushing touchdowns. He's going to be a threat on the ground. And his arm is good, 52 velocity. He's also under 18 on signing day. We like to see that. He just checks a heck of a lot of boxes. And uh, honestly, I got even more excited. I, I A and B'd his junior year and senior year tape back to back. 
And you can tell the motion is much better, much cleaner, much crisper as a senior. And so if he continues on that trajectory, very interesting guy uh, in terms of just that that dual threat where if the pieces come together, you're talking about a real, you know, perfect storm. Yeah, I mean, with the schools that report their stats to max preps, um, Caleb Osborne was the leader in um, total yards uh, in the nation. So uh, passing yards plus rushing yards, just incredible. Almost 6,000, almost 5,000. Yeah. yeah, that's like Lamar Jackson in college esque. Yeah, just like stupid statistically. Um, you know, has some accuracy, can really get it done on the ground, and is going to go play in the Mac. Like, this is like perfect recipe for like CFF success. Um, I, I too believe that he's seriously in contention for this job right off the bat. Um, I mean, it's hard to not see them go for somebody in the spring portal, but it's Toledo. They can't bring in somebody who's that good. Um, so um, I think Osborne is a potential game breaker for CFF in his career. Um, like mm-hmm. he, he's tall, he's just superbly athletic um, and can make a lot of throws. So I'm super excited about what this kid can be. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I look at the stats, I look at the tape and I look at the landing spot and I think, this is a guy you're not getting in the 12th round of your supplemental. We're all going to be pursuing him a little bit early for a three-star. Yeah, especially if you get to the point where you're not as worried about NFL potential. Now, I think that throw, I don't know if this is a mix between junior and senior, but the first few throws I'm pretty sure were his junior tape. And you can tell he kind of flies his elbow a little bit on his motion. He looks a little loosey-goosey. And then his senior year, he's a lot tighter. And the motion looks more consistent and repeatable, which is really promising if he was able to tighten all that up in one year uh, where he could go. Yeah, I think this was his senior tape, but probably something he's still working on. You know what I mean? You're getting it right 80% of the time instead of 60% of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really fun, man. Those are absolute video game stats. Uh, very excited for his college career. All right. What's next, gents? This is a, a personal, just a personal, like, I'm a stan. I'm a Jay Stucky stan. I don't know how Kyle feels. I don't know if he's going to be. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I actually just wrote Stucky up the other night for the freshman guide. So I went back into his tape, looked at it. It's been a while. Um, I think he had some new stuff up from his senior year. And I'm leaving like more in and it feels crazy. Eastern Michigan, terrible landing spot. Um, But it is the back. So who knows? Uh, But this guy just kind of is a dude. I mean, he just looks like a dude. The way that he commands the pocket, the way that he kind of uh, makes easy throws look like, like he makes big boy throws. I mean, he makes 15 yard outs to the sideline. Like he can do it. He can make some throws on the run. He can make off platform. We don't have a ball velocity on him, unfortunately. So I can't confidently say he's over 50, but I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Although sometimes the tape can lie. I mean, you can, you it looks like a strong arm and it's not, but six two one ninety again, like Toledo, Eastern Michigan, nothing going on in that QB room. I think he's a spark plug and he had some excellent stats. You can see here, 2,800, uh, passing with 72% completion. I look at that more than anything else. Honestly, completion yards per attempt sitting at 11.8. Love to see that. 
Uh, rushing yards 855. That's fantastic. He's a true athlete at the position for sure. Um, big, big fan going to the Mac. He's not going to be as popular as Osborne, but I think this is a guy, if you miss on Osborne because you didn't, you weren't bold enough, tag him later. Same situation to me. I am right there with you for sure. I mean, we, uh, we always throw in a couple, you know, really deep sleepers on our position shows and Stucky was my, my call for the quarterback show. Um, this is a guy who, you know, video game numbers, just like Osborne, um, great arm, um, makes a that's lot of great. Oh my gosh, that's, that's the one I'm. That's the one I've I've been mentioning. I mean, it's like 25 yards out, just kind of on the money. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's got the height. He's got the. He needs to add a few pounds, but he's got like, he's a, a true dual threat right now, and um, has room to grow in my opinion even more. So uh, we'll see how that works out at Eastern Michigan. I, I don't have a lot of faith in that staff, but. Um, I mean, this is a man amongst boys. Um, this is what you love to see when you're looking at film from like lower, lower tiered competition, which um, I do think it's important to say that both Stucky and Osborne are playing in like mid-level competition in Indiana and Michigan respectively, which aren't really, you know, high school football powerhouses, but um, like they both look like men, men amongst boys, which is what you should look like when you're playing in this competition and you're being talked about as a legit recruit. So um I don't think there's much more they can do to, you know, other than transferring, like what, what can you do to, to, to beat the strength of schedule allocations? So well, I think Stucky's from Indiana. I, I believe that some of the mm -hmm. bigger names like Sear Grove tried to get him to come. And for whatever reason, he elected to, to stay where he was, but some of the bigger schools in Indiana did try to get him to, to transfer. I heard that the other day when I was talking about Stucky to someone else. He, plus he has that like sunshine look from um, remember the Titans which is always <laughs> blonde hair, the blonde long hair coming out from under the helmet. It kind of looks like a badass. So, but like that out there, I mean, those are simple throws, but honestly, sometimes a five, seven yard out on the money on time to me is more impressive than like a 50 yard bomb because those are the plays that you're going to have to do, you know, and, and avoid an interception, a pick six. That's the, that's a throw. If you're, if you're don't have the arm or you're not on time, that's a pick six. I mean, you throw an out yeah. in the wrong place, pick six. So those, I look for those and they don't even show up that often on highlights because they're not sexy, but when they show up, that's really impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. I think particularly from the big athletic raw guys, right? You're, you're cautious about those short throws and the touch and so yeah. on. So uh, let me ask you guys, is he going to start this year? It's so hard to say, but, but I would say in the G five um, freshman QB start in the second half of the year, very often, whether it's injuries or just literal lack of anybody else who's worth a shit um, hmm. in the power five, it's a lot less common for a freshman to start, but when you're looking at Toledo's depth chart, Michigan, Eastern Michigan's depth chart, I mean, by the third, fourth game would not shock me. I mean, it's hard for a guy to come in right off the bat, you know, week one, but there's a lot of fluidity on these rosters. And yeah. I think he's got, like you watch him, it's like, he's got a spark. I mean, they're sitting at 0 and 3. What do you have to lose? I mean, see if he can even yeah. get a rushing package in there or some kind of like, Thing to, to show if he's got a spark 
Yeah, I think um, Eastern Michigan specifically did get Cole Snyder from Buffalo, who I think oh, is fine. Yeah, college. He's just the most yeah. mad. But you're right. He's like a veteran yeah. and all that. But man, he's yeah. just so boring. I was going to say that's the problem with these lower level schools is that they have the sixth year guy starting, right? It's a little tougher. Yeah, they just recycle yeah. everybody. We're going to get rid of these COVID guys, but yeah. <laughs> Last year, right? Last year, almost got to be the last year. But honestly, Cole Snyder's sixth or maybe he's at least sixth, maybe seventh year, and he's just the yeah. definition of meh. Coaches, yeah. Best yeah. All right, so I think you got another Iowa guy coming up here. Oh yeah, it was, okay. was just a Josh Cavalier guy. I can't remember. I think they both liked him. This Josh had him top fifteen. I had him top ten. I think he's in my top 10 as well. Uh, I'm going to have to double check. But uh, this is a guy, if you're listening to the official, you heard us talk about Johan Cardenas, uh, I mean, probably last freaking summer. I mean, it's almost been a year now we've been talking about him. He checks all the boxes. He reminds me just in terms of situation, a lot like Damian Martinez. I remember watching Damian Martinez as a high school senior Numbers are very similar. In fact, Cardenas' numbers are even better. Coming out of the state of Texas, 220 pounds, hit 21 miles an hour, going to an open depth chart at Oregon State. And I'm like, what is wrong with Damian Martinez? Why aren't we talking about him? Sure enough, ran for 1,000 yards as a true freshman, was like day one the dude in camp in spring. I wouldn't be shocked if that's Cardenas. I mean, he's got the athleticism. He's got 21 miles an hour, 215 pounds. You can see this. 2,000 yards as a senior, and more impressive than that, 9.1 yards per attempt. So it's not like he did it on 500 attempts. Uh, he's got decent receiving chops. He can be used. He's got the build to be a three-down back. He's got the skill set to be a three-down back. Um, a little old for his class. That does not worry me as nearly as much with running backs as it does with other positions, so I'm fine with it. Um, came all the way back from ACL tear in 2022. So he looks all the way back. And he's going to an open depth chart, and it, and it's the SEC. So if he produces, he's going to be on people's radar. There's a strong likelihood of you know upward mobility in terms of transfer. I just what are what is people? I don't know what people are missing, like recruiting services and stuff. Kyle, you can give your thoughts, but like he's just one of these guys where I'm just like, I don't know what you're not, what you don't want, or what what is what is about Cardenas that's like not exciting. He's pretty much exciting. Yeah, I mean the, the size coming out of high school is awesome. Like six foot two fifteen is great. Um, just superbly athletic. Um, using the C two C athletic comp tool, ninety seventh percentile power, seventy seventieth percentile speed, eightieth percentile burst. Um, just like checks all the athletic boxes you want to see. Has great size. Has shown the ability to catch the ball. Has like thirty five catches a senior year. So. Um, he's just a guy who can like do it all. Um, and I don't understand. I also don't understand what the services are missing with this kid. I, um, I think rivals has him as a four star, but everybody else has him as a three star. So, um, I think you're getting a steal if you're drafting Cardenas, but I think this is the guy who, like I said earlier, when I, when we were talking about it, this is the guy you're not going to get value on. Cause I think everybody's gonna, gonna catch up with mm -hmm. us on Cardenas, especially those of us who, you know, watch the campus to Canton group and stuff, which I think, um, is most people who play in the leagues with me and me and EK. So, um, yeah, I think 
he's going to be like a close to consensus top 10, 12 running back in the campus to Canton playing league circles. So, um, but I think he, I think he absolutely deserves it too, is the other thing. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, the ACL tear in 2022, that was his, uh, junior year i guess you know that that could hurt things in terms of the services maybe they never got back on him that does happen he wasn't high to begin with acl tear never really had a big rise when you watch this guy though I and mean, he looks he does remind me of damian martinez in fact he might have a little more elusiveness than martinez mm-hmm. ever had so um yeah it, it's pretty it's pretty easy pick for me on cardenas was it really bad high school competition did that ding him Yes and no. It's Texas, but some Texas regions aren't that impressive. It's Texas, but it's not great, Texas. But it's like um, like West Texas, right? It's Houston. I think it's like small private. That's like private school. um, But they did go twelve and one. Um, I mean, they took care of business. But yeah, yeah. He also missed first his his opening few. Uh, games as a senior weren't great so he didn't get some momentum right away either and then finished like crazy hot uh but he was still recovering from acl i think he had some other some other little dings as well but i think it's also so aggressive to have a 2000 yard season coming off an acl yeah i know it's insane i didn't even realize he had 2000 yards. i was checking the stats the other day and i was like oh my god he got 200 yards a game yeah Uh, no big deal gosh look I think I like him better than like everyone except like the top five or six guys for me, honestly, in this class. Uh, me coming to it with fresher eyes than you guys, but I've got know. him officially at seven. I've got that sounds four. about right. Yeah. I don't even, there's seven. some of the guys in Josh and uh, Josh Cavalier did running backs with us, and Kyle's like after like five or six, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I like them, but you know. I think was a lot of the consensus on this, but I can see it with, with Cardenas uh, here, man. He's, he looks like uh, he's got some legit traits. So, okay, guys, where to for, now? Just for people listening, uh, Vandy is a school that we kind of, um, we flag it. When Vandy offers somebody, we flag it because they know what they're doing in terms of how they are filtering guys in terms of athleticism. Uh, they they find guys who are under the radar and then often don't sign them because by the end of the cycle, someone else is sniffing on them. So Cardenas <laughs> ended up sticking with Vandy. But like if it's, you know, a year out and Vandy's offering, we definitely pay attention. So that's another kind of a seal of and it's And it's finally starting to show on the field too. Like Shepard, yeah. London Humphreys. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, all these guys are leaving now. Guy which is better for their NFL futures. But um, like we have the proof that what we're saying about, you know, Vandy recruiting well athletically is correct. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They've done great at wide receiver and tight end uh, over the past three or four cycles for sure. Um, And we love a guy in 2023, Camorian Pimpton, for a long time and then right the last second unless you swooped in he didn't do anything as a freshman so tbd but right as the last second he gets the big offer from lsu and went there so it definitely is it's definitely something to notice okay gents looks like jason patterson is up kyle you want to go first uh not really um i don't know this is this is 
kind of a guy that like fits a system really well. Um, I mean, in terms of what Kentucky's looking for, like powerful running backs, not really asked to catch the ball. Um, I think Patterson fits what they're looking for, and he does a lot of things that fit that system really well. Um, you know, 9.8 yards per attempt, uh, 16 rushing touchdowns, 108 yards per game, but only three receptions. Um, he's definitely limited in that area, but he's a, a, a big guy, uh, powerful running back. Um, I think he fits what Kentucky wants, and I think that's uh, something to definitely look out for. Yeah, I mean, I would boil it down to just fast. He is pushing 22 miles an hour top speed. That's elite. He's 21.9, but you know, if you get even flirting with 22, that is truly elite. So if he has a seam, he's gone at any level. That is, you can't catch me. Um, agree on the receiving issues. So he's a very fast uh, running back who's kind of a one cut and go straight more than anything else. Uh, but that is a profile. I mean, you know, that could play. That could play. So when you're talking about three stars, I talked to the beginning, one elite trait, he's extremely fast. So worth, you know, putting a chip on him, but I don't think he's the most complete back and uh, both on receiving and just in general, like, you know, side to side, um, change of direction, agility, not as impressive at those areas, but like could be a guy in the right system who finds daylight, you know, and if you're talking eventual NFL, I think he's the kind of guy who fits in like, um, that Shanahan tree, right? You've seen Mostert do this. You've seen Elijah Mitchell do this. You've seen, obviously, Christian McCaffrey fits any system. But these guys who are just like one cut and go could be that type of runner. Yeah, like the Miami guys because they all wind up in Miami now. Right. Like Ahmed and uh, who's the other one? Jeff, um, Jeff, what's his face, right? Jeff um, Wilson. Yeah. Alvin Ahmed. Yeah. But yeah, it reminds I, me of like uh, just the elite speed. I would be interested in betting on, but that's kind of that's where it stops for me. He reminds me of like the, uh, Tristan Ebner, who you know had a very succeeded yeah. a lot with that at Baylor. Um, um, and Kentucky is definitely willing to you know just turn around and hand it off twenty times, so yep. twenty thirty times. So how is the depth chart at Kentucky right now? I can't can't think they, of it. Got um, the kid they from Arizona them. State and then Ohio State. They got Chip. Chip, Chip. Trayon. Yes. Oh, Trayon. Yeah. People, Chip, I mean, that hive is I like him. just so intense, though. Like, people have loved Chip <laughs> Trayon. Even when he was a, a linebacker at Arizona State, there were people like, I still believe he's a great running back. And then he went to Ohio – or maybe he was a running back, and then he went to Ohio State, he played linebacker, and then yeah. he – Yep. Looked back to running back and people like I told you <laughs> everyone was, was hurt. Now he's going to get the one you know shining moment at Kentucky this year, so we'll see what happens. You know what he he looked good in the snaps he got last year. I'm, I'm oh yeah, I'm, I mean I think like you said, like Kyle said, I mean you could be 25 touches a game just because that's what they want to do. So I'll, I'll yeah. buy that in college for yeah. sure. Yeah, the problem of Chip is though is the people that have him, like you said. Ain't going to trade him to you. <laughs> they are a serious hive. They are a serious hive. Yeah. All right, gents, what's going on now? Wide receivers. Oh, yes. Okay, so this is a dude um, who 
kind of honestly, even for me, and I'm steeped in this all year long, I kind of missed him a little bit. Um, I actually brought him up to David and Matt, who I do the show with every week. I'm like, did we talk about Jeremiah Melvin this year? And they're like, yeah, we brought him up a few times. I was like, man, I just missed it completely. But I wrote him up the other day for the guide and he's really interesting. So he's big six, five pushing one ninety. Um, so that's a bit, that's kind of the upper limit of size. I don't really want to see you guys much bigger than that. Um, because they don't really sink their hips. They don't, they can't move. They can't change direction that well. When they get that tall, the levers are too long and you just need a special, special athlete to still be able to control your body and do the things you need to do as a receiver. Uh, and he flashes a little bit of that movement. I really like how he, you know, breaks, uh, how he controls his body. He does get a little hip sync. He's not just running straight line and jump balling people. Although of course he can do that. He has a nice top speed, 21 miles an hour. That's great. Um, I don't care that much about top speed with receivers, but it's good enough. And we'll like that. I mean, it's better than good enough. It's very good. He's also going to be 17 years old, three quarters and signing day. So he's very young, broke out late in high school as a senior though. He went absolutely berserk. I think 65 plus percent uh, dominator, uh, basically like market share. He had a thousand yards. The next closest guy had like 400. He had like 15 touchdowns. The team threw 24 touchdowns. So, you know, he basically had the entire receiving offense to himself as a senior. Um, and uh, I don't know what I said, uh, 19. I don't know if it was 19 or 15, but it was uh, 19, I guess, receiving touchdowns. He also returned some kicks, which I like to see. And yeah, he's just very interesting. You can see on three has got him as a four. 24-7 has him as a four, I guess you've got. So must be rivals and ESPN just tanking him completely. But uh, good offense. We like Wake Forest. I'll shut up. Kyle, have you, uh, have you scouted this guy yet? Because like I said, he was kind of new to me. Um, not a ton, but like, this is the profile that has succeeded at Wake Forest recently. Yep. Um, you know, tall, decent speed goes up, wins, jump balls. Um, I mean, you run an offense like that where you're, you're sucking the defense into the middle of the field, every single play, um, the jump ball wide receivers are going to be, be huge for them. So, um, I definitely think he's in a spot where he can, uh, show out and be the guy in the future. Um, I did, I do have his high school's like overall stats open 92.2 yards per game for Jeremiah Melvin. Next closest in receiving yards per game is 25.7. Yeah. He was Um, the passing offense. That's it. Um, and yeah, this is going to be kind of a, just a, uh, Oh, I guess he had to dive for that one. I thought it was going to be a long one, but he just he definitely shows some building blocks and honestly receivers a tough one there's not three star receivers is a little less of a fruitful endeavor but like you said at perry type build and, and you know we like to see that at wake forest and that that receiving room who is brutal taylor Morin's the only guy and he's coming back for like his you know he's got one more trip around the sun i guess but after that, everyone's transferred out or graduated, exhausted eligibility. So there's outside receiver snap available day one. I don't know if he'll take them, but the opportunity is absolutely there. Yeah. It's like he's got some legit ball skills in the air for sure. Although his route running seems to be consisting of run downfield fast. 
Yeah, I think there's a couple comebacks and stuff where he does show a little change of direction and the ability to kind of go snag the ball, but yeah. Definitely a trades guy. All right, Alfred. We got another one that I adore. Oh, yeah. This was a funny one because Matt brought him up on the show for the first time. And we're all like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. I looked into him more, thought about it a little bit more. By the next show, I'm like, Canberra Johnson's a top 10 receiver. I don't care. And Matt's <laughs> like, okay, let's pump the brakes a little bit here, dude. I like him too, but you're crazy. And he's consistently stayed around there for me. Um, the thing we're looking at here is insane ball skills, um, really aggressive uh, able to catch the ball outside of away from his body. He's a smallish guy, 5'10", 180-ish. But um, he really plays bigger than that, plays stronger than that. And the way he goes and grabs the ball, to me, shows he can probably, you know, figure it out against bigger, longer corners just because of the way he, he gets the ball out in front of him. He does not let it come to him. Uh, and he's great route runner, uh, really, really fast in short area. His top speed, I think, is uh, not – Excellent, but like short area quickness is incredible. He's going to be 17 and a half years old on signing day or was 17 and a half. That's almost, I think it's 93rd percentile. He's super young. Uh, you can see the stats right there looking great 15 or 1200 yards as a senior. And here's the kicker. I'll, I'll throw it to Kyle. He is probably going to play the slot in a Phil Longo offense. We've seen Jeff down, uh, Josh Downs do this. We've seen who was the guy before Downs? I can't remember exactly, but UNC had two or three guys in a row that just went berserk out of that slot. And Will Pauling, who played Wisconsin last year and is coming back for this year, but he was their top receiver by almost double the next closest guy. The offense runs through the slot, and Barry Johnson should be the slot receiver starting 2025 at the latest. Yeah, it was um, Daz Newsom and Diami Brown before Miami, yeah Miami yeah, um, but yeah i mean i absolutely agree i think this is another one where like situation and talents are just like perfectly matched um i think barry johnson is uh, Look at that. a little <laughs> he's uh he's vertically challenged in terms of height obviously not in terms of vertical jump so uh likely a slot guy in the in his future and i think he has the route running savvy to be that um, and I, I think he can even continue to grow in that field. Um, and I think he's electric with the ball in his hands. So um, he's like everything I'm looking for in a slot wide receiver. And he goes to like the perfect slot wide receiver offense. So um, this is a guy, I think he's really fast too. Like, um, I don't know what you guys have him at. You have him at a actually don't 74th percentile speed. Um, yeah, I think it's like track time or something. I don't know. Some guys you just don't end up getting enough of a wide open uh, run to kind of clock the max mile per hour. So I don't think we got one on him, but yeah, I think it's from a track time of some kind. So he's fast. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And um, yeah, the short area quickness is huge. I mean, he's got all the traits to look for in a slot receiver. So super excited. Like he about goes up and gets it. Like he will high point the ball better than some, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of other guys in this class. Like even though, yeah, he's five ten. I mean, he's Scott guys he he gets the ball at the most optimal position more than a lot of other guys in this class like he just knows how to play receiver absolutely yeah and he, he, he went viral 
a couple times with the, some one-handed grabs I've seen. Yeah, yeah, um, he's got TikTok and stuff. stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, very fun kid. It makes me feel kind of like watching Eugene Wilson last year, who I know you you also liked a lot, Alf. Just the, the way like he's like one of the little little guys on the field, but he's just outplaying everybody and just plays the position well and is just creating. Um, I mean, I fell in love with Wilson the first time I watched his tape, and uh, I think I see just that. They don't. They have a different game, but excel in in the same manner, right? Outperforming, um, which I love. That it's like the AB thing for me, right? Like you're not the biggest guy, you're not the fastest guy, but you're just gonna get it done. So I think that's a pretty. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that, but I, I do think, yeah, I, I think that's a decent kind of parallel with just aggressiveness, the ability to just just outplay everybody around yeah. you. Um, and Wilson did that thing where you just like somehow he's out in front of that ball at all times. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm not a professional scout. I know it's like hands catching, but it's more than that. It's like he just goes and gets it before anyone else can get around it. It's it's like a nuanced skill. It's like timing and attack and yes. tracking yeah. and all those things combining at the catch point, right? Yeah, and Wilson we just did saw that. on that last play too. Yeah. He's yeah. There, was a, there was a slant – there was a slant into the end zone just a second ago on this highlight reel where it was a hospital ball and he just jumped right in front of the corner and got it anyway. Literally did exactly what Al was describing. It was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Enough about him. Now everybody go forget about him, particularly if you play in league. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got Alex Green here. This is a bit of a deep shot. Um, however, he played on a high school team with a four-star quarterback going to Texas Tech. So you probably watched him even if you weren't watching him because Will Hammond was throwing to Alex Green to the tune of 102 receptions for 2,000 receiving yards and 19 touchdowns. That is one year, folks. That is one year of stats. He led the nation in receiving. I'm pretty sure he led the nation or top two at worst. Um, 5'11", 188, top speed over 21 miles an hour, hits those thresholds. We like that. Decent build. Probably could get to roughly 200 by the time his college career is over in terms of pounds. He's young for signing day, under 18. We always like that. And the sheer production should put you on the map here, uh, even though his senior year. He was also really good as a junior as well. Um, so it wasn't a one-year wonder. I just wrote him up the other day. So these, some of these guys are very fresh in my mind. He he really is a fun player to me because he always makes more out of every single catch. So whether it's an out, he's looking to get around the DB and get more yards. Some guys catch the out and they're happy just to walk out of bounds. He's stopping and figuring out turn in, turn out, where's the DB? He can feel it. It looks like he can kind of feel where that DB is, and he often will make the right choice and gain, you know, 5, 10, 15 extra yards, even if it's not a ton. Those little things matter at the next level because, you know, you have to be trying your hardest on every single play. Um, also, if he catches the ball in space, he's going to figure out a way to, to add a whole bunch more yards. Uh, very fun guy after the catch. Love his yards after the catch. That's something I really look at because if you're in high school and falling down after the catch, you're not going to do shit in college. Like everything should be easy for you in high school. And Alex Green, it looks like everything was very easy for him. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a kid who I didn't really get, I didn't really like watch on purpose. Um, but like I was putting the card together and everything and I was like, what are we doing? Why is this kid a three star? <laughs> Why is Alvin doing this? No, not you, but like 247, like how oh. how is this kid a three star? I mean, uh, he's got a good size. He ran a 10-8 100 meter dash as a junior. Um you know, 2,000 receiving yards, a district MVP in Texas 6A football. Um, like, I mean, he just checks every box. Like, uh, maybe I haven't watched the film enough to, and I, I'm missing something, but like, just on paper, he checks every box. Um, once you, once I put it all together, I was like, oh, it's it's that kid because I'd watched Hammond, and I was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that wide receiver because <laughs> I I went back, every I touch remember it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what we're doing. This feels like a, a smash, and I I don't understand um, how he didn't have. I know he did have some P five offers. He Northwestern. Um, ended up picking Tulsa over. Might have had Northwestern and someone else, but you know, stayed closer to home. I think he's a guy. This is a prime candidate in my mind to like level up to to power four, you know, after after sophomore year or something like that with a transfer and, and play one year at, at another school and then go to the NFL. If it all, you know, obviously if it all comes to fruition and we're not missing something, but yeah, it's uh, Northwestern and Washington State. But I don't like, understand. That's a nice how, little like, double move right there. He put on that guy. Yeah, it just like does not compute as to why he didn't have more offers, why the services weren't a little higher on him. But um, I don't know. It, it feels like yeah. a smash to me. I said on a show the other couple weeks ago, because I think he was on our three-star show for the official. Um, I was like, we could definitely look back in a couple years and be like, oh, it was Alex Green, not Will Hammond. Like Alex Green made <laughs> Will Hammond. I think we could look back and be like, oh, it was always Alex Green. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, how's how's the system at Tulsa this year? They had coaching changes, right, Kyle? Well, or no? It's no good. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's nothing good. I think they're mess, right? like 700, 800 yards. That was their number one guy. Is it the same staff? Uh, oh, yes. They hired... I hired Kevin Wilson last year, who was the old um, OC at Ohio State, but he was kind of, he was kind of pushed out of Ohio State and then hired at Tulsa. Um, mm. I don't know. Today Steve I learned Spur- Steve Spurrier <laughs> Jr. is their OC. <laughs> OC <laughs> that can't be terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't really know. Kevin Wilson, I think, is a defensive-minded guy. Their head coach. But at this point, I'm betting on traits and the eventual transfer. Like the, I think that highly of Alex Green. Nice. Love it. Okay, guys. What we got? Who's next? Oh, yeah. I like this guy, too. Um, Brandon Phelps. He is a three-star. Pretty low. Probably one of the lower-rated guys we're going to look at here. Um he is the leading receiver in Arizona prep history. Best receiver ever in the state of Arizona. And honestly, it's the state of Arizona. Who cares? But like you look back at some other kind of anomalies and, you know, for instance, like uh, freaking, who is that guy in the Patriots um, uh, who played at like Shadron State or something, the little running back? 
Um, then he played for the Chargers. I'm going off on a tangent here, but oh, Woodhead. Danny Woodhead. Woodhead, yes. Yeah. He was like the greatest player in Division Three history, won multiple of hmm. their version of the Heisman. I do believe that if you look at guys who are the best ever in a certain area, even if it's not the best ever in the SEC, but the best ever in their neck of the woods, you've got to pay attention because those guys are sometimes so special. They just didn't have a, a universe to impress the whole world. But when they level up, you realize, oh, shit, they're actually like that good no matter where they are. So, you know, Brandon Phelps fits that mold so far. Best college, best high school receiver ever in the state of Arizona. And uh, you can see those numbers there. He did that as a – he was even better as a junior. I think he had 25 touchdowns as a junior or something like that and 1,700 receiving yards. So, And then to get to the nitty-gritty, what do you see on tape? I really like his hands. Uh, he makes NFL-level catches on the fly regularly, one-handed diving, toe-touch grabs, all this stuff. Body control looks amazing, and there's room after Tetoria McMillan for somebody to step in after Cowing is gone this year. So throw it over to Kyle for any additional color there. Yeah, I mean, you you started off with the stat I was going to start off with. Um, uh, like just insanely impressive statistically in terms of, you know, Arizona, even if it is Arizona. Um, stays at home, stays in an, an offense that obviously loses their head coach. But I, I, I do think Marion is a uh, – oh, my God. What the- I know. You'll see it from another <laughs> angle. You'll see, this isn't the same catch from another angle. I don't think they ruled it in bounds, but still, it's nuts. Acrobatic, one-handed, falling out of bounds. <laughs> OBJ. That's like OBJ. That's like the OBJ catch. Yeah, yeah it's just stupid body control. He does, and it shows it over and over and over again. Toe touch. I don't know if we'll get all the way through to the toe touch. There's a few crazy, like, you know, falling, doing a plank, falling out of bounds kind of stuff. Yeah, I do think um, the the Arizona offense is a little up in the air. I mean, I I personally think Marion's a good coach, but, I mean, he had a lot of his success rushing the football. Um, But, obviously, Fafita this year, they'll be be throwing it all over the yard, and we'll see um, if he has a fourth year in him. Um, he might I just because of his well. size. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think Phelps could easily be the future of this wide receiver room. I mean, Cowing's gone now. McMillan is definitely gone after this year. I mean, there's no question that he should deserve to be drafted, in my opinion, after this year. So, yeah, McMillan um, should be gone after one year. He's gone. He's a first round pick, man. Come on. Yeah. That's what most people are saying. Yeah. And I, I have to say, he was a miss by me, but. My my model has him as like easily the wide receiver one in that class. Burden's yeah. right there too, but like that's the one data wise. Yeah, yeah, he's looking fantastic. So he'll have one year. But you got like a stiff arm there. I mean, he just he's a dude. Uh, and then you yeah. got a stiff arm. Then you got a whoop down the line. Safety completely misses him. You know, ninety yard touchdown catch. Um, he just looks like a dude. I mean, I think the athleticism is good enough. I don't think he's a supreme athlete, but like I've, I value that less and less in wide receiver and more about like nuance and setting the DB up, keeping them off balance. And you don't need overwhelming athleticism to do some of that stuff. Yeah. He's definitely Absolutely. winning at the catch point, just going up, yeah. pushing guys out of his way, whatever he's got to do, you know, yeah. dude's going to eat. So love it. Love that attitude. 
Um, all right, last one of Al's top 10, and then we'll give a couple of minutes to Kyle's outer five here, but let's talk about Mr. Reed. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to try the last name. Jesse yeah, the, one of the most fun, I think I sounded out the other day, it's got to be Jesse Olokowski, which is very fun. Um, and he is a total project. He's probably the, the most bustworthy of this entire list just because he could be a nothing. He didn't even play tight end in high school. Uh, so it makes sense he went G5 because someone took a chance on his athleticism and stuff, but like we have no idea if he can play tight end. We don't know if he can block some DE coming around the corner or whatever. But Supreme Athlete, um, his comps in his top 10 comps on a comparison tool, Brock Bowers makes an appearance uh just to give you an idea of his you know ridiculous athleticism and he was a running back in high school ran for 2000 yards as a senior um he also did catch some there's some evidence of receiving on his tape i mean he caught 14 passes uh there's some one-handed stuff uh i will say what i'm looking for is his transition from the catch to upfield brandon phelps does this really really well um, the, the gold standard of this and Brian Hartline said it himself was JSN coming out of high school. It's and Hartline describes it really well, but it's basically like you catch the ball and your momentum does not get changed. You are continuing upfield as you catch the ball. I think he does a little of that on some of his receptions. Um, and like I said, Brandon Phelps does that too. Um, it's something I've paid attention to ever since Brian Hartline said it, and he's like the best receiving recruiter in the country. So so TBD on if he's a tight end, I'll just say that, but like, he's a really, really good athlete and he's very, very fun. I think a team like Southern Miss may want to, you know, use him as a gadget player right away. I think he could get on the field just because I think getting the ball in his hands is going to be good for Southern Miss. I mean, I can see him running down the seam and, you know, G5. Yeah, that's the other thing is, I mean, you may get three or four years of G5 production at a tight end, which is hard to find anyway. So I think he's a pretty fun guy. Uh, Kyle, did you have anything on Jesse Olokowski? Yeah. I mean, this is another one that's just like such a fun little grab bag. I mean, no idea what's going to happen, but he's got, you know, decent size. I mean, he's 6'4". It's, it's tall enough for a tight end. Um and just like looks so supremely athletic, and he's playing football in Mississippi. But I mean, their Hartfield Academy is one of the best teams in Mississippi, um, and he was a huge reason as to why. Obviously, with two thousand rushing yards, um, Tennessee sniffed around here a little bit and almost almost offered him. So um, I, I think he's super interesting. I think he's a prime candidate. Like if he flashes, you know, route running and receiving ability. Um, after this transition to tight end as a freshman, I think he's moving up to the SEC. Like he's got that kind of, you know, athleticism and, and ability with the ball in his hands. Um, it, it's just going to come down to like, can he run routes? Well, uh, can he develop in that area of the field? And if he can, I think power five, power four offers are going to come from the transfer portal next year. Yeah. Uh, and I would say uh, as well, anyone listening to this, like, this is probably not a draftable player in most formats, but keep your eye on him. Keep your ear to the ground. A lot of these guys are at the very least, you know, listen in spring. I mean, Damian Martinez, I know I've said his name a lot, but he walked onto campus in spring and everyone's like, oh, he's our guy. So 
if you hear the name here, you've heard it on the official, you hear it on this podcast, and you hear some stuff coming out in spring, that is a huge green flag. Go get these guys. Don't wait. So if you know, just being familiar with some of these names and you start hearing some buzz and camp, you know, it helps you pull the trigger faster, which beats your teammates or league mates. Yeah, love it. Uh, he's definitely could be the sort of guy that's going to average like 15 yards after the after after the cat for reception, yeah. you know, if he gets the ball. So moves moves well for a big guy too, you know. So love it. Super into it. That was phenomenal. That was a great list. Um, all right. So Kyle, you got a couple of guys you want to talk about. Bang through these guys, and then um, maybe some wrap up notes. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to add some guys too. I mean. This is my favorite show as well. So, you know, I have my own opinions. Um, I do love pretty much everybody that Alfred put out there. I mean, there's a lot of guys who would be in my top five, three stars who he mentioned. So this is kind of like the next tier for me. I think maybe two of these guys I would have um, ahead of a lot of the guys Alfred mentioned, but um, we'll throw them up on screen now. The first of which is another Oregon State running back, similar to Damian Martinez, Cornell Hatcher Jr. Um, this is a kid who I look at and I, it's another one where I scratch my head. I just don't get it. Why are we not talking about this kid more? Um, he played at Centennial High School in California, which is, um, you know, right up there in terms of California football. They're, they're playing teams like Modern Day, Bishop Gorman, St. John Bosco. Uh, Max Peps ranked them as the third best team in California this year. And on that schedule, you know, in that great team, he had 2,257 rush yards as a senior, averaged 8.4 yards a carry, scored 42 rushing touchdowns, was their entire rushing offense. Um, he has 91st percentile speed and 83rd percentile power, according to Campus to Canton, um, over 4,000 career rush yards, 188 rushing yards per game as a senior, and somehow his only... FBS offers are Oregon State, Wyoming, Air Force, and UNLV. Um, for what it's worth, those are teams who, you know, have good rushing attacks, find good running backs. Um, but, like, I just don't understand why he's, he doesn't have more offers. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got athleticism. He just checks every box for me, and it feels like nobody else is noticing. So um, Cornell Hatcher is, like, the guy in terms of three stars for me this year. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. He was on my short list. I almost put him on my list for today. I'm not as familiar with him, but I know that I think Matt and David both like him quite a bit. I think David likes him a lot. Uh, Matt, too. And we brought him up a few times on the official. He's absolutely you're, – you're spot on with, with a lot of that. The offers were weird. I don't know if there's some unknown you know, variables that, that, that could have limited his offers. But, yeah, I mean – the tape and everything else looks looks pretty fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he was committed to Wyoming, and I was super excited about that. But Oregon State swooped in at the last second. Um, so Austin, I think that's a good gift for them, at, our, at least. I'm looking at our grades right now. Austin has him .001 away from being a Tier 2 running back, which is like top, you know, top 10 or 15, uh, top 20 running back. So, And Matt has him at .675, which is – that's pretty good. So we definitely have a lot of respect for Hatcher. Yeah. Um, next up, I have Marshall Sanders going to Fresno State at wide receiver. Uh, he's kind of the hometown kid there, played at Clovis West in, in Fresno, California. Um, caught 
for 622 receiving yards and three touchdowns as a senior, but had over a thousand yards as both a sophomore and a junior um, as a career 16.8 yards per, per reception. Um, so he's a guy who gets it done down the field, has good size coming out of high school and fits into a scheme that, you know, has been good throwing the football. So um, I like Marshall Sanders quite a bit. Uh, you got anything to add there or I'll keep going? No, yeah, I keep going. I'm not as familiar with Sanders. I know he's come up for us a few times. Um, but yeah, you got to love the system at Fresno State for sure. And speaking of that system, I also really like their running back they're bringing in. Um, this is a guy who this season had 3,297 rushing yards, 47 rushing <laughs> touchdowns, 10.9 yards per attempt. Um, Bryson Donaldson. 302 carries as a senior for Central Valley Christian in California, which, uh, albeit is a lower level of the, you know, California private school football. Um, but 302 carries, one fumble on 302 carries, and then turns that into 3,000 yards and 47 touchdowns. Also caught 37 passes for 654 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, has good size already. He is another guy that checks a ton of boxes for me, you know, size, speed, athleticism, um, receiving ability, and is going to a great system for running back at Fresno State. Um, they've had a lot of guys in the top 20 in CFF in recent years. God, he just ran over that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a huge Bryson Donaldson fan for sure. Um, right yeah. right up there. Watch before that I'm first play again. He beats, like, the entire team on this first play. That yeah, it's pretty crazy. Lot. I think um, – I think that the only context is, you know, Fresno State sounds great. I'm not sure he's the athlete that we can really be excited about, uh, you know, NFL, which is kind of the – I do care about that. Um, you know, I'm always thinking C2C rather than just CFF. But I think, yeah, I mean, he can be a beast at Fresno State. Do I think he – because he's got max speed of 20.5. That's not terrible, but I really want to see 20 – one or better um and so he's not really close to that uh in terms of max speed and running back that's where it matters kind of the most to me is that top speed um receiver not nearly as much but in any case i think everything you said about what he can do at fresno is totally legit and production was out the wazoo as a as a senior so you love to see that i just question a little bit of the over athleticism which for running back matters a lot to me because i think it's the kind of the most important for that position yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's 20.5 turn into like four six? Yeah, yeah, you're looking at high four fives, four six ish. Uh, I really want to see at least 21 for most guys, uh, just to, to think about like, do they even? I mean, that's like minimum for potential NFL, sure. Um, my next one is a quarterback, Samaj Jones, heading to Cincy, um, taking over possibly for Emory Jones, which would be funny. Um, but he went to St. Joseph's Prep in Philadelphia, uh, followed up Kyle McCord there as a sophomore, um, and they were just the best team in the state when for the three years that he started. Um, he's now second in career passing yards in Pennsylvania, behind only the guy who was the quarterback before him, Kyle McCord. Um, he won two straight titles as a junior and a senior, um, was runner-up as a sophomore, um, just stupid, stupid statistics. I think he has like career, almost 6,000 passing yards, like 2,500 career rushing yards, 
Um, he can do it all. He, he, he makes good throws. He can get it done on the ground. I think this is a guy who can really succeed in an offense like Cincy's. Um, so I'm super excited about what he can be um, and not a ton of competition there. I mean, they bring in Brendan Sorsby from Indiana, but like that does not scare me. Um, there's not really anything on that roster in terms of quarterback and like, you know, they play a big 12 schedule. They're going to lose quite a bit early, I think. And I think Emory Jones is going to get on the field as a freshman and, and really show what he can do. He reminds me of like Jalen Hurts, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I love this guy. You don't have to tell me twice. In fact, I think the reason he's not, wasn't on my list for this show is I believe he's a four-star composite or, to, or did I miss that? He's a four-star, maybe 24 seven, maybe not composite, but I thought he was a four-star. So I didn't include him on here. Um, he's great though. I love him. He's like a top, this might be crazy. He's like a top five QB for me, just because after the elite set of three, I think it's a total grab bag. I love this guy for every reason that you said, including the fact he can get on the field as a freshman. And as a kicker, he was listed at 5'11", his entire process. I don't know if you've checked the Cincinnati website, but Cincinnati has him at 6'1". Now, I don't know if I believe he's 6'1", but if he's even six feet instead of 5'11", as silly as it may sound, to me, that puts him a little bit more in a Debbie conversation with real NFL upside a 5'11 guy is going to be really hard. Six feet, six one. That honestly does change things just in terms of how the NFL might pay attention to him. So, and I think Jalen Hurts is not a bad comp. He's already like 220 pounds. Like he's just a tank and he can get it done on the ground, short yardage, tush push all day with Samaj Jones. Let me see 20 rushing uh, touchdowns one of these seasons. <laughs> You're right. He is a, a low four star on the composite, but he was a three star based on 247 alone and that's what tripped me up <laughs> yeah no worries i just wanted to throw in there like how much i love him how did he fall off of mine i just wanted to explain why <laughs> sure <laughs> you're wrong kyle that's why oh no it's a great call uh, that name for sure that that's a great uh call. i just look i mean emory jones was what like a top eight tff quarterback last year in this system yeah. so if i it, you don't need to be uh, a first round NFL draft pick to put points on your bench, but certainly the traits got uh, Ritter drafted, you know, and this kid yep. seems to be a lot more polished than that, uh, than Ritter was coming out of high school. So love it. All right. One more. The last one I got is the opposite. He is actually a three-star on the composite, but is a four-star by 24 seven alone. And that's Trey Griffiths heading to Oklahoma state. Uh, kind of falling into that Oklahoma State wide receiver trap again. <laughs> he he kind of is the, the exact same guy they keep bringing in a little bit. He's 6'3", 205. Um, you know, Ken uh, runs pretty well. I mean, he has a 22.99200 time, which is okay. Um, he's not like a superb athlete. Well, um, although the prospect that led us athleticism comparison tool on C2C does love him. Uh, 91st percentile speed, 82nd percentile burst, 75th percentile overall athleticism. So that jumps off the page to me. Um, I think three 800 yard receiving seasons. So um, productive. Um, and, you know, it was another guy who was playing Texas football, 6A, um, 
was also a, a track athlete, was fourth place in the state in the triple jump this year. Um, I think he's just a, a really great athlete um, and has some some room to grow in terms of, you know, routes and stuff, but he has the size and the athleticism that I like to see. So um, I think he can succeed in the future. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we, uh, I think you, you mentioned a, a track time, but we do have him on field at 21.9 miles per hour, which like I said, 22 is elite, like no question elite. So he's right there flirting with potentially elite speed, straight line speed, at least at over 200 pounds. He is a beast X receiver with tremendous straight line speed. And if he can, you know, turn out to be a pretty good route runner, I do think this is the, these are the building blocks. This is the profile for like a, a true supersonic, you know, jump where he's all of a sudden like a Devi asset quickly. Um, and we will see what happens. But like you said, I think a lot of people were excited about Taylor Shetron a few years ago in that X mold at the, at the Oklahoma state, you know, just churning out beast X receiver uh, lines. And he has not really done a whole lot, but like, Let's not, let's run it back. Let's run it back with Griffith and see if, uh, you know, see if we can be right on this because when it's right, it is way right. I mean, you're talking about James Washington. You're talking about um, you know Des Bryant way back in the day, but I still think was under Gundy. I, I think Gundy's been there that long. Um, you know, you're talking the last kid about, that went to the Ravens. Um, eight, uh, eight minutes. There's a there's an Aitman or something who kind of flamed out in the other Yeah, there's Justin Blackman who was unbelievable. Yes. Um, I mean, talking, the X receiver role in that Gundy offense is like gold. So let's keep let's keep taking shots at the potential X receiver. And that's what Griffiths, you know, really profiles as. So no Tylen. red flags on my end for this one. Yeah. Tylen Wallace was the last one. Wallace, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was nasty. I mean, you, we just rattled off like six guys who went for like 1,500 yards in college, you know, at least one yeah. season. So it's it's a huge, huge potential ceiling for that role in that offense. Love it. Profile that I don't like as much, just the <laughs> hyper-athletic, but he's rough. I'm just like, I don't know. It feels like Cordell Russell or like any no, of I've those. Moved, like, I've, I've moved off of that uh, profile in general. But when you're talking about these, but it's cheap uh, here. This is a cheap way to get exposure to that upside. I'm way more comfortable with it. But yeah, in general, I agree with you, uh, EK. I'm less on that project train these days. Yeah, I'm with the guys too. It's just down here. I'll take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. All right. So, question for each one of you guys: Who's your Who's the one guy that you're like, you got to have, that's like your value pick that you're going to try to snipe me by two rounds in our supplemental draft this year? Which one of these guys is it for you? Or are there someone else that you like withheld selfishly? Selfishly. If we're talking about the guys we talked today, I mean, I think Kyle and I are probably going to say the same guy. I mean, for me, it's going to be Cardenas just because I don't love the running back class. And he's a guy who you're not going to pay a premium, but I'll take a round early if I'm even concerned that another guy I know likes him or something and I'm picking ahead, I may just go ahead and seal the deal there. And then I think Kyenberry Johnson's a guy who I know I can wait a little bit longer just because he's so high up on my list. I know nobody else has him that high. So like I won't, I won't snag him as the wide receiver eight or whatever. Cause I know I don't have to, but eventually I'm just gonna be like, F it. I'm taking him now. And that may end up being a little early. 
Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Kyle, what's I your think, answer? I think those two and then um, Samaj Jones, who I brought up, are the, the very obvious ones for the both of us. Um, like those are the guys that we see as like true possible Debbie guys in this group. Um, obviously I waxed poetically just a second ago about Hatcher and Donaldson. Um, those are the guys that I want in the 18th round of supplementals. Um, those are the guys that I'm going to go after almost every time. So, um, I'd expect to have a lot of those two, especially Donaldson, but, um, yeah, I think Samaj Jones, Johan Cardenas, Kean Barry Johnson are the real, you know, guys I have my eye on and I'm like, that guy could play in the NFL. So I'm with you. Yep. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. It's uh Al, it's always a privilege to have you on and talk shop with this man. This is this is you, you guys are right. This is the most fun show we do all year, I think. It's just we we play this format because we like the deep cuts, right? I mean, yeah, you don't we, play this uh, format because it's not for the faint of heart. You gotta like digging deep yeah. and drafting the guy to go into eastern Michigan. Yeah, if we weren't nerding out in it, we'd just be dynasty players. Yeah. <laughs> uh, phenomenal. Well, look, uh, you guys made it through this with us. Uh, you, we appreciate you. Make sure you're, you're following Al. Make sure if you're not already, you're, you're checking out a sub for a campus to Canton. And also, you know, do, do me and Kyle a favor. Give us a subscription. Uh, hit the hit the follow button wherever you're, you're, uh, you're, you're viewing this or listening to this. We would love your support. And uh, as always, uh, it's a pleasure uh, bringing you guys great content. Um, any parting shots from Kyle or Alfred? You guys got anything else? We covered it, I think. Uh, and then hopefully DJ Lagway stays at Florida. Um, oh, wait, what's <laughs> happening? Oh, I mean, leaves, you know, he's really locked in now, but I just mean like for his career. I'm, I'm afraid oh. I'm go to hell. And you're I'm you're a Florida guy. Him. I'm Florida guys, uh, uh, you know, but um, anyway, that was a really big recruiting victory for us. And I, I hope it stays and he gets a chance to like, he was, he was, he would be, he's kind of a guy who's like a, a must have just in terms of his overall quarterback upside. Um, but we didn't talk about five stars, but yeah, he's, he's pretty fun. Yeah. Pers- he's a lot personally, of fun. Personally, I really hope he and, and Eugene Wilson and anyone else on that roster with a day out of leaves, So, <laughs> Well, how about this? Let's agree to hope Napier gets fired and they hire like – No. Like I, hope you, I hope you get stuck with Napier in perpetuity. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm see you guys. So now we're just going to start clashing. Yeah. Keep me out of your SEC spat. These are the yeah, times exactly. I'm glad that I went to – Boston University, and we didn't even have football. So, <laughs> all right, everybody, we appreciate you all. Make sure you check back in next week. Helen and I got a couple more weeks of uh, fun CTC, CFF content. Then we're going to hammer draft stuff for a little bit leading up to the actual NFL draft. And then we'll do a ranking summit after. But we got great shows coming your way all, all off season and, uh, and, and, and at least one a week in season as well, helping you win your CFF, helping you win your camps to Canton leagues. No one else does exactly what we do in that manner. So definitely hope you guys stay with us, uh, through the off season and, uh, be well, everybody.